0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Kelly Outdoors. I'm your host, Kelly Belts, talking to you from right here in Wichita, Kansas, in the heart of what we call God's country. Um, Tonight, we have a very special guest joining us here in a few minutes. His name is Ed Glenn. Uh, Some of you may know him from the Custom Calls Online site uh, as Wild Caller. Ed is an author. He's a retired attorney. He's also the mayor of a small town out there in Oregon that he lives in. Um, he has written a book, actually co-authored a book with Greg Keats called Turning Custom Duck and Game Calls. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a book that anybody getting involved with uh, turning uh, custom made duck calls and goose calls ought to get their hands on. It'll sure save them a lot of grief. Uh, I I got one here when it first came out and, um, frankly, picked up a lot of good stuff. Anyway, uh, Ed will be joining us here in a little bit, and he's going to be talking to us about uh, duck calls, goose calls, call collecting. Uh, he is also the, the gentleman that's in charge of publishing the, uh, the newsletter that comes out from the uh, uh, Custom Callers uh, Association that he belongs to. Uh, and I don't. So he's already given me grief about that, but I've got that that soon to be resolved. I, I've got my application uh, ready to go in the mail tomorrow. So, anyway, if you're listening, Ed, don't give me any garbage about that because I'm I'm getting it taken care of. Uh, he will be joining us here in a few minutes, like I said. Anyhow, we were having some more technical difficulties again tonight. These stupid computers just drive me nuts. You know, they work fine, and then when you really need them to to do what they need to do, they just crap out on you. Anyway. Um, the state of Kansas right now, we're we're getting ready to open up our early duck season. Uh, we have an early zone, a late zone, western zone, uh, northwestern zone, south central, middle east zone. It It's kind of crazy here. Anyway, uh, this next weekend, uh, we've got a lot of ducks in the state right now, and uh, Cheyenne Bottoms and several of the other major uh, waterfowling areas will be open to hunting this weekend. Please be sure you check uh, the boundary areas. I wish I could tell you exactly how it runs, but I don't have the map right in front of me. But if you pick one up at a local sporting goods store, it's it's pretty well outlined. Uh, don't make the mistake like some people do, and think that because you're at Cheyenne Bottoms, you can go over to Quivira, and uh, because they're not in the same zones. All right. Uh, every year, a lot of people end up making that mistake, and they end up getting nailed for it pretty bad. Um, Anyway, looks like we're gonna have a pretty good season again this year. There's a lot of water around, a lot of the ponds got filled up, a lot of the a lot of the low lying areas out in uh recently harvested cornfields are also like holding a lot of ducks. Uh I I had one cornfield on my route today that there was probably five hundred ducks out there flopping around, having a good old time picking up corn that was floating on the surface of the recently harvested corn. And uh from what I've been hearing on the ag reports around the state of Kansas, the the corn harvest this year is just unbelievable. I mean, getting you know anywhere from 150 to 200 bushels an acre on on dryland corn because of all the rain we've had in this part of the state. Uh, so it's looking pretty awesome right now. Anyway, um, like I said, Ed Ed will be joining us here in a little bit, and we have got a lot of things to talk about. Ed is a is a wealth of knowledge. He's uh, very up to speed on on calls. Uh, he has been in this for god i don't have any idea how many years but uh we can we can sure find out when he gets on here in a little bit um real foot is coming up real foot is one of the premier um call shows uh in the united states it's where a lot of the call makers go and they'll take orders for calls they they get to meet collectors um, there's there's call makers and there's collectors um collectors are the guys that really um how do I say this, they, 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 create a need for custom call makers. They don't, they don't uh, particularly. Uh, I, I, I would say they don't particularly go after the mass-produced calls. Uh, I'm sure that you know there may be some collectors out there that have them in their in their collections, but by and large, for the most part, they go after the custom calls uh, made by you know little guys like myself and, and several others. Uh, the reason being is that. They're not mass produced uh they they tend to uh, someday god willing become worth you know at least what we charge for them, you know right up front uh some of my calls i I have doubts if that that'll ever happen, but you know one can only hope um, but uh, ed ed was telling me there's there's lots of different kinds of calls there's uh duck calls that are that are meant to be called, and there's calls that are made specifically for collectors. Uh, and he was kind of telling me a little bit about that the other night. I mean, I I you know, never really thought about it, you know, honestly. When when you see a duck call, an older duck call, or a collector's call that doesn't have, like, a lanyard ring on it or whatever, uh, it's because that thing never had uh, any intention of getting anywhere near a lanyard or uh, on a lanyard uh, to be actually used. So uh, those calls were made specifically for a collector sit on a shelf you know for all eternity and and that's just the way it's supposed to be uh, now a, a call made for the field is obviously going to have a lanyard a lanyard band on it uh, sometimes two one on the stopper one on the barrel um, a lot of guys use o-rings on the stoppers I do several several people do uh, to, to make them nice and secure uh, a lot of those calls will not have uh, lanyard grooves on them Mine does, and several other people does, too. Several others do, too. Anyway, I think we've got Ed calling in here. Uh, Hang on one second. Let's see if I can get him on the line.
1: Um, Ed, are you there? Hello, Kelly. How are you?
0: Hey, Ed. I was just about ready to run out of nice things to say about you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I guess maybe I'm too late, then. No,
0: you're doing good. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I was just—I was just telling everybody a little bit about your your book that you wrote, you had the one that you and Greg Kate co-authored. And uh, uh, matter of fact, I was just kind of in the middle of my my dissertation about the difference between duck calls for collectors and duck calls for for hunters. And and I'm just going to kind of like shut up and turn it over to you and let you tell me some more about that. You were talking about call collecting and and you had a lot of things that you wanted to talk about tonight, so I'm just going to let you go.
1: Well, you know there are duck calls, and then there are duck calls. And among the duck calls, there are two kinds. The kinds that you buy down at the sporting goods store in the bubble packs that sometimes sound like a duck. And the custom calls you buy from individual craftsmen who really work very hard to make them sound exactly like a duck. And then there are duck calls. The first kinds of duck calls that you buy at the sporting goods store and from most uh, custom call makers uh, have lanyard grooves around them. So they fit fine on a lanyard to hang around your neck to go to the blind to call in the duck. And the other kind of duck calls often don't have a lanyard groove at all Mm -hmm. because neither the craftsman nor the buyer ever intends to put them on a lanyard and take them to a blind. They're intended to sit on the shelf. But as Greg Keats and I agreed, no matter what kind of duck call it is, it has to make the music. It still must sound like a duck, be a functioning duck call. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just a pretty piece of wood.
0: Right, I, I agree 100%.
1: Now, there's nothing wrong with a pretty piece of wood. You go into a an art gallery or a craft show and you'll find lots of turned pieces of wood that are old salad bowls that are never intended to hold a salad or platters that somebody would shoot you if you ever served a Thanksgiving turkey on them. <laughs> but... Duck calls, even the fancy duck calls, have to make the music. Right. Even though everybody knows they're going to sit on a shelf someplace for somebody to admire. Because that collector invariably is going to invite another collector or even a stranger to the whole process to show off his collection and he's going to pull this fancy looking duck call off the shelf and somebody's going to blow it (laughs) right Uh, now and and he'll be embarrassed if it doesn't sound like a duck
0: (laughs) right now let me ask you a question just i mean you you, you mentioned this the other night while while we talked on the phone now i've i've tried some old calls okay um that honestly, compared to today's calls, whether it was the read material or what it was, they didn't sound anything like the duck calls today. The older, some of the older calls, um, you know, Earl Dennison had some calls. I, I I tried a couple of his, and they were like, Ugh, they didn't sound anything like a duck. But back in the day, they were they were the Cadillac of duck calls. You know. Um, well, does it does it I make suppose. it to a collector if they sound more like a duck?
1: I suppose a, a duck call is like a person. <laughs> right. They deteriorate with age. <laughs> and maybe some of us didn't ever start out as good a outdoorsman as uh, some of these young fellows that really get into it. So maybe they didn't start out as good as today's duck calls, and maybe they deteriorated with age. Mm -hmm. But the antique collector calls, Denison's and the Charles Perdue's and J.T. Beckhart's and those kinds of calls, uh, I'd be surprised if the owners ever blew them Mm -hmm. to find out whether they sounded like a duck call or not. I see but today's fancy calls they will check them out Um, I just finished a commission of a set of two and my customer says and I'd like them tuned to sound like old Susie well I don't know whether I can do that or not, because I'm not sure I ever met old Susie. (laughs) But I do know what a a mature mallard hen does sound somewhat different than a first-year bird. And so I've made an effort at it, and we'll see what my customer has to say when we get to real foot. And that's where I am right now, at my desk in my clean room, uh, finishing up uh, some tone boards to go in calls, to go to the Real Foot Waterfowl Festival in Samburg, Tennessee, on the banks of Real Foot Lake. Uh, And I'm going to leave home tomorrow about 10 o'clock in the morning, and it'll take me 36 hours to get to Real Foot Lake.
0: Are you driving?
1: No. Well, part of the way. Good Lord. I drive from my home in in Oregon, and I live about halfway across the state, east to west, right on the northern border. I look out my front door, and I see the Columbia River, and across the river, the state of Washington. And uh, it'll take me about five hours tomorrow to drive to my son's home in Puyallup, Washington, Uh, where I can play tomorrow evening with my five-year-old grandson. And then we'll be at the airport for a a flight out of SeaTac at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, uh, Friday morning. I'll arrive in Memphis, Tennessee at two o'clock in the afternoon. Ronnie Turner will pick me up at the airport, and we'll drive on up to Sandburg, arriving there about four o'clock, just in time for the fish fry.
0: Are we and talking about the same Ronnie, Ronnie Turner? will
1: begin.
0: We are we talking about the same Ronnie Turner? that's also known as Shove Shooter.
1: Shove Shooter on the CCO discussion forum. <laughs> that's the same one. that guy.
0: That that boy is an order of French fries short of a half, McDonald's Happy Meal. I'm telling
1: you, you need, you need happy, to watch yourself with him. <laughs> he is a great caller.
0: Oh, uh, I, know. I know. Have you
1: seen these videos on YouTube?
0: Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. He yeah.
1: can make a duck call sing.
0: Yep, he's a pretty good caller. Now, tell I me.
1: Got, okay, go ahead.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned this about real foot now. Uh, aside from the obvious, you know, uh, socializing that goes on there, uh, what what is the main attraction with Real Foot as far as call makers and collectors is concerned? What what is the main attraction that people uh, that are listening that say, you know, I want to I want to take a rip over there and see what you know see what's going on? What's the main attraction at Real Foot this weekend?
1: That is Real Foot. Uh, the Real Foot Waterfowl Festival is. Uh is sponsored and and put on by the Real Foot Lake Water or Real Foot Lake Call Callmakers and Collectors Association. And okay. they have had the last couple of years a Friday night benefit auction uh, to which I and many other callmakers have made contributions. And they have contributions of a variety of other products, and they raise money every year to finance the advertising for the following year. And they've done a wonderful job. And there will be five or six thousand people troop through their um, the show. Uh, on Friday, on Saturday, and Sunday, they will also have a series of calling contests, both for well for juniors and intermediates and seniors, including uh, the ultimate calling contest, the sanctions that will qualify the winner to enter. Uh, national competition at Stuttgart um, in November and this is the last of the sanctioned uh, regional calling contests so they'll have callers from well guys from Maine to Florida entered in that contest
0: so they can try to get their foot in the door of their Stuttgart
1: so they can get their foot in the door at Stuttgart in the national finals I see but uh, I guess the real important thing to call makers at Real Foot is that we don't sell a lot of calls, particularly fancy calls there, but we do have an opportunity to talk one on one with collectors, and that's when we write orders. Mm-hmm. Because most fancy calls are sold pretty much on commission between a collector and a call maker and with some collaboration. Right. The collector will say, well, now I sort of like this little feature on this call, but I'd like the woods on that call, and I like the design on this call, and and could you kind of put those all together and 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 that's really the best way for a collector to buy a fancy collectible call from the maker right is to collaborate in the design yet leave the call maker a significant room for his artistic juices to flow and to give him time for that to happen right now you know um, i uh...
0: I, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt. I, I was just so going to say, uh, uh, I've I've gotten pieces of wood sent to me, you know, from people uh, just telling me they want a goose call, and I'll I'll wow. ask them, what, what do you want in it? And honestly, the the biggest response I get is just surprise me. Okay, now, sure. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's because they're they're scared to tell me what they want because they know it'll be boogered up or
1: whatever. But no, no, uh, no I, I, I mean think it's. I think it's a recognition of your talent. You do have a great measure of talent. I've seen a lot of your work, well, uh, some so. that, of which I own, thank me. you very much. <laughs> and, no, I'm serious. And, that,
0: that means a lot. Thank you.
1: And and it is true that uh, many collectors really do allow a callmaker to exercise his artistic abilities. And if they're willing to to allow the time for those inspirations to come about, uh, I have never had a call returned. Uh-huh. Although that's the usual policy among uh, well, even even field grade call makers. Is that uh, if you're dissatisfied with the call you buy, uh, send it back and your money will be refunded. Right. That's and that's particularly true among collectible calls. hmm
0: Now, do you, you for a commission call? You don't. You probably don't run into that very much, do you? I mean, the what? fancier ones, like like the one that you and your your partner teamed up on for this last year at the uh National Wild Turkey Federation. That fancy call you guys made. Yes. That was good, Lord. That that thing was a work of art. I mean, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. I mean, uh you you've got uh, finger painting uh with watercolors and then you've got a Picasso and that that duck call you guys made was like a Picasso. That that was something unbelievable. Um you're probably not going to see somebody commission something like that and then uh say I'm not too happy with it. You know, I'm not going to take it. I mean, a call like that would get snatched up pretty quick by several dozen different collectors, I'm sure.
1: Well, and that call happened to have two collectors that wanted it pretty badly. <laughs>
0: that, that that always works out pretty good.
1: I <laughs> I, you know, it takes at least two people to make a good auction. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you
0: know, you see a lot of you see a lot of really, I mean, unbelievable calls at that National Wild Turkey Federation thing. You know, when I first started making calls, uh, the guy that was kind of running that, you know, uh, emailed me and asked me if I'd be interested in, in entering some of my calls, and I was kind of flattered cuz I I thought, you know, my calls were pretty crappy at the time, but I entered and I ended up getting third place. Well, what I didn't know was there was only three people entered in that category, so it was kind of <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's good. to me a time or two. <laughs> you know, I got
0: I got kind of full of myself, and I found out there was only three entries in that category. So I was like, well, oh, shoot. But, uh,
1: that's, some of the some of the
0: pictures of those calls was nothing short of amazing. I mean, they're 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 just flat out beautiful. Now you mentioned St. Charles. A lot of people probably don't know anything about St. Charles. Now St. Charles, uh, you've got real foot. You've got St. Charles. Uh, Tell tell the folks a little bit about St. Charles. What's it all about?
1: All right. Well, Real Foot is a working call contest uh, um, sponsored by the uh, Call Makers and Collectors Association of America, the CCAA. And in that contest, the same caller will pl- uh, will blow all of the entries and. Uh, I don't remember, 80 or 90% of the score is based on sound, and then the call is passed around among the judges, and they score the other 10 or 20% based on workmanship and craftsmanship. That's that's the working call contest at Real Foot Lake. Mm-hmm. At St. Charles, and we call it St. Charles, but really it's a piggyback of the CCAA uh, fancy call contest at the same time as the Midwest decoy show and auction. Now, if you think fancy duck calls are, are expensive, uh, go to the auction sale the two or perhaps three days that they conduct the auction sale of both antique and contemporary decoys at the at St. Charles show. And you'll find pocketbooks that are so deep you you have no idea that they exist. So oh. the CCAA has piggybacked onto that show for its fancy call contest and That's generally in April, Uh, third or fourth week in April. St. Charles, Illinois is about 40 miles west of Chicago, and so it's handy to get to. It's at the same place every year. And there, um, the rule is that that entries in the duck and goose call competition, well, in fact, any call, Uh, turkey calls are welcome uh, varmint calls are welcome all of those Uh, the rule is that they must function
0: in other Mm -hmm. words there's
1: a pass or fail and if you pass then all the score is based on workmanship, style, design uh, uniformity of uh, of design, if there is a uniform design involved, uh, eye appeal, those kinds of things. It's truly uh, judging the beauty of the call in its various facets. Hmm. I use the term beauty. uh, Greg Keats protested that term immensely, so you don't find it in our book. Right. Uh, in our book, we refer to handsome calls, and that's my deference to Greg's feeling that duck calls are beautiful. I think they are, but <laughs> and, but, but he prefers he, the phrase handsome. He liked handsome, or well designed, or or aesthetically pleasing. Um, And, you know, a duck call, after all, is a musical instrument. Right. (laughs) And you wouldn't expect to go to a philharmonic orchestra and see someone playing a saxophone in the woodwind group that's uh, tarnished brass, (laughs) turning green. And by the same token,
0: when when you hear a a piece of music played and it sounds nice, you know... You, you say, that sounded beautiful. You don't say, oh, that sounded handsome. I mean, that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm,
0: I'm not going to touch that. That's Greg's deal, I guess. You know, whatever a works. A good
1: but... duck call, even if it's a even if it's a, 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 a hunting call, mm-hmm. not only must make the music, but also be pleasing to the eye.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we got we got about two minutes left here on the show. Um, so, what else can you tell me about some other contests or some other things? Where do you this is a, this is a good question. Where do you see duck call collecting going in the next few years? I mean, it, it's gotten kind of crazy as far as prices are concerned. I've noticed.
1: It has. There are a lot of collectors who have concentrated on antique calls, uh-huh. calls made before. 1950. Uh, because there are more and more collectors and fewer and fewer of those calls available, uh-huh. I see collectors now moving to contemporary bankers. And I think the opportunity for, at least among the fancy calls, to be expanding in the next few years, because more collectors will be seeking reasonably priced fancy calls uh, that are from contemporary makers simply because the antique collectible calls have gotten to be so expensive. Right. Well, you
0: know, I, I saw the same thing. I mentioned this to you the other night. I saw the same thing with old wooden duck decoys. You know, I started uh-huh. I started collecting those years ago, uh, and then and then they just got stupid. I mean, we're we're talking yeah. stupid money. And then the same thing with the antique fishing lures. I mean, it was just you know it used to be fun to go out and pay five or six dollars for an old fishing lure. Now that same fishing lure you, you couldn't touch it for under seventy five to a hundred dollars, and and a lot of them looked like they were you know run over by a truck. You know, but that's just yeah. there's there was only so many of them made. You know. Um, same thing with duck calls. So, anyway.
1: Well, well Ed, I'll tell you older, what. I, those I, I was collectors, collectibles are going into collections and they're staying there. They're not exactly. on
0: the Exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, we're down to our last 15 seconds or so. I'd, I'd love to have you come back and do this again sometime. Would you do that for me?
1: I'd be happy to do that. and We'll talk about uh, okay. um, hunting seasons and other things.
0: Okay, Ed. Well, I have to sign okay. off now. You have a good evening and uh to everyone out there thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Ed, uh thanks a lot for for spending your evening with us. I appreciate it a lot, man, more than you know. Uh everybody right. thanks a lot for for spending your time. You got, you know, half an hour tonight to spend with us and I appreciate the fact that you did. And uh y'all have a good evening. God bless. Ed, thanks again for being with us. Okay, buddy.
1: Thank you, Kelly. Uh right, good night.